All right. So, so what are we talking about? Today? Ask your questions about uh, why. Is <laughs> <laughs> the only question I have? <laughs> look at him and look at us. Yes, Alex. Why don't you tell us about that delicious beverage that you're this drinking? This is buckwheat thorn something or other kombucha. Mm, did you make with, it yourself? I did not make the kombucha sure myself, like but I did add the chia seeds myself. Did you get it from organicallywonderful.com? No, no, we don't sell kombucha, oh. but uh, we do sell other products that you can buy at organicallywonderful.com. I, I <laughs> question segue. that he actually drinks it. It's more of a chew, right? No. <laughs> It's, it he spits goes it down out smooth. into the same jar. It goes down smooth. <laughs> it's like it's like eating an oyster mat. It's just like you got to relax. The, I, the I still need to do that. I haven't done that yet. <laughs> well, just take it. Let it slide down. Yeah, just take it out. <laughs> take it all the way down. It's oh, so dirty. <laughs> what did you? Do we need some music, Matt? What did you call it? Slurm. Slurm. Alex is drinking slurm. Egg slurm. Egg slurm. It's good. It actually tastes really good. Sure. And, uh, you know, throw some mushrooms and dirt in there. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be really helpful. Right up my alley. <laughs> yeah. Throw a little bit of Earl Grey to make it. At least it doesn't look as gross as the baby Yoda. You know, extract. why don't you go into your garbage disposal and see if you can scoop anything out to put in there? I probably could. Yeah. yeah. I uh, I just ground up some limes to make my sink smell good. So there's probably It literally some good looks like something lemons. you would put oh, a plant in. We're so light. We are. <laughs> it looks like something you would put a plant in and, and attend and buy a windowsill. <laughs> I bet if you put like an uh, avocado seed in there, it would grow. Probably. Yeah. I bet you if you left this long enough, you'd grow chia. I, I, I feel like I, I want like a chia pet coming out. Of the I feel like and I want to put cut its hair. It's fun for the whole family. I want to put spokes of bamboo in there. Oh, that would be dope. Maybe a little ginger. You could use it as a straw. Good, you know, because plastic. Speaking is the of devil. chia, I need to find one of those uh, alien maquette ones. Yeah. With uh, the predator. The predator, it's a predator chia head. Oh, is it? Do they yeah. have those? Yeah, I saw it on a... I want the Bob Ross one. Have <laughs> you seen the ones on Amazon that are all the Golden Girls? Oh, You can amazing. have each Golden Girl. I hate that Just show. give them a trip. I do too. My wife loves it though. You misogynist. That sounds funny. <laughs> yeah, you could trim Sophia's hair whenever you feel like it. As long as you guys laugh. It was a great segment. I like your Twitter handle. Oh, thank you. I am the Jew. <laughs> Okay. There's only one. Here I am. <laughs> ben Shapiro's freaking out. <laughs> I took it. His army of hells, his hooves the day revel. They came after me with lots of fall to see. Broke down my loot and they kicked in my teeth. Welcome to the first official episode of the Salty Nerd Podcast in the new decade in 2020. The future is here, folks. The roaring 20s. And we are here to talk about movies with you. 
I am here and joined by my fantastic panel. Now I can say panel, not just co-host. My panel of nerds, Matt Vader seventy four. Welcome plucky back, sidekick. My plucky sidekick. God damn it! <laughs> Starting the new year right. <laughs> Look how plucky he is with the swearing. Uh. What's up, Matt? That's not how I wanted to start this year out. <laughs> this <idiot>. decade? <laughs> yeah, the first words out of my mouth for the decade. God damn it. You know what? That's, 2030 that's is going to be all you, man. <laughs> Turn to 50 and I swear more. Uh, hey, that's, okay. that's what happens, I guess. Yeah. Look at when, uh, when is this coming out? Uh, Thursday for patrons. Oh, well, that... Happy, that's my birthday. So today oh, is my birthday. Okay, oh, happy birthday. Happy birthday. Yeah, you know, I just wanted to get that in in case anybody wanted to send me some free shit. Oh, there we go. So, okay. Hey, that's you a know. thing now people do. I know. Awesome. Got a box. Got to get your yeah. Amazon wish list ready. I do. <laughs> yeah. I can get that. It's like, oh, just buy me this stuff. Yeah. Because, you, you know. Got, you got to be a camp good. girl to get it. <laughs> I have a wish list. <laughs> of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm also joined again by Matt Kadish, author of the Earthman Jack Saga, available on Amazon. What's going on, Matt? Bald Hello, guy. everyone. Mm-hmm. Yep. The local uh, George Lucas impersonator. Um, <laughs> Better than the one at Collider. Yeah, we're, we're starting off the decade by buying a new house, so mm-hmm. very excited. And uh, happy to be here to talk about everything I hate. No. <laughs> <laughs> While trying to be positive about it. And a newcomer to the podcast. And Hello. thank you for joining us. Jude, welcome to the show. My pleasure's mine. It's great to have you. Thank you. Are you looking forward to uh to toning down the, the testosterone. testosterone in this room a little bit? Yeah, yeah. You know, that's my job and I'm prepared to give it a hundred percent. Perfect. Chief. <laughs> okay. It's a lot of testosterone. Yeah. I was thinking about taking like some of those pills to up my testosterone. But I Why would you do such a thing to yourself? I don't know. Because I'm getting for, old. For stamina. <laughs> stamina. <laughs> Is that a thing? I thought it was a... Wait, don't, do you, don't you watch the commercials with the, you, the baseball player guy? Do you think it's no. a coincidence Thomas? that Matt has been following boob girls on Twitter lately? If uh, not, it's because of all the testosterone. Shout out to <laughs> at I love John Kimball. How you doing, girl? What's up, girl? <laughs> he knows her Twitter <laughs> Oh no! Yeah, that, right. That's that's Matt's favorite boob girl on Twitter. Shout out to her. Yeah, yeah. You're doing Lord's work. I'm adopting her. <laughs> She's mine now. Weird thing you just said. <laughs> Super weird. All right, guys. Enough of this nonsense. Let's talk about some movies and TV shows. Today's uh, podcast, we're going to be discussing the Mandalorian uh, season finale and season one recap. Uh, talking about all of our criticisms from the be- beginning and uh, re-looking at them now as the show has been finished off the uh, first season. We can kind of look back on those. And we will be discussing The Witcher Season 1, Henry Cavill being a total awesome badass uh, as The Witcher, as mm. Geralt of Rivia. Mm. 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 I can't say the other word that he says all the time, but it's fantastic. There was a um, somebody who ha- – I saw somebody on YouTube. He had 500 subscribers. He made a video. That is just Geralt of Rivia going. Mm. I've seen that. <laughs> and it had 1.5 million views. This dude has 500 subscribers. <laughs> he's not even monetized. And he's got a. Well, he probably is now. <laughs> how about all those covers of Toss a Coin to Your Witcher that are going up on YouTube? Oh, There's like a billion of them. It's fantastic. Just, it's like when an acapella Toss a Coin to Your Witcher? You want a heavy metal Toss a Coin to Your Witcher? Want a death metal Toss a Coin? I jam out to that song on repeat in my car. So. Yeah, that's amazing. It's, a good song. it's such a good song. Mm-hmm. And Catchy. we're going to have it. It's going to be the opening for this podcast. It's going to be the heavy metal version. Which one? There's like a billion of them. Uh, the one, I'll do a. Oh. Mm. Yeah. Uh, uh. 
I don't like that song. <laughs> but you're the metalhead here. I know, but I just don't like the song. Just live up to your standards. That's Dan Vasque, V-A-S-C, on YouTube. He did a cover of Toss a Coin to Your Witcher, and it was dope. You don't like that song? I don't really like the show. Oh, dear Lord. All right, let's talk about Mando first, the and then we'll, right okay. we'll let's talk about Mandalorian, because that, technically that came first. Well, because it, it Well, Matt didn't it. like C either, so nobody likes who cares C. about his opinion? I don't dislike C. It's just stupid. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> All right, so The Mandalorian, season finale. What did you guys think? It's great. Which, yeah. Did you think? I mean, come on, man. It's awesome it was great yeah, yeah. I, I agree i think it was a great way of ending that season and i like the uh, one of the things the early criticisms uh, was people like oh it's too es- ep- episodic it's like each episode is supposed to be like its own thing but if you really think about it almost everything give or take two episodes was completely paid off in the season finale all the characters came back a lot of the references from the earlier uh episodes the only ones that stand out to me are the prisoner and the gunslinger are the two episodes but i think those are most likely going to have repercussions for season two uh we're going to see that little uh, bubba fett theory thing that people were talking about a while ago i think that's going to pay off in season two and then uh, the prisoner the the reason why he left that whole crew alive i think there's a reason for that oh, so, we're going to see all those characters yeah again. Gunslinger was definitely the low point of the season. Uh, that was the one where they went back to, t- to Tatooine, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that one was kind of a weird bottle up. Epi- it felt like the the three middle episodes, episodes four through six, were were kind of too bodily for for my liking. Which is basically it's a standalone episode that doesn't have to that doesn't tie into the rest of the season in any way. But uh, the last two episodes, which it was kind of like a two part mm-hmm. um, finale. Uh, I thought was really good. Um, I love the the character arc, the climax, uh, you know, the fight with uh, Moff Gideon, the revelation of the dark saber. There's definitely a lot of setup for the second season, but the one thing they did, the one thing I did not want them to do. Oh, this is your one gripe. The one, gr- the one thing, <laughs> which is they showed his face. And I was like, this entire season, I gave them a lot of credit for having the balls to, you know, not cop out and and take the helmet off and show his face because they had a lot of opportunities to do it throughout the season. They refrained, but then for some reason, it's the big season finale, man. Yeah. But you know what? I I just feel like it seeing the actual person beneath the helmet ruins a lot of the mystique of the character. Agree. And I would never have, if I was in charge, I wouldn't have done it. Really? Not at all. I don't don't agree at all. I, I know that some people are fine with it, but to me personally, like, one of the reasons Boba Fett is such an iconic Star Wars character is because you've never seen his face. Yeah, but we know what he looks like. He oh. looks like Jango Fett. Well, but <laughs> I, I mean, up until the point the prequels ruined everything. Uh, <laughs> yeah. part, part of what made that character so popular was, you know, like, first of all, he had this armor that was very reminiscent of a medieval knight. And you never saw his face. And so, like, you could read so much into that character based off of the what you didn't know about him. It's one of those things like the shark in Jaws is scarier because you don't see him. Uh-huh. And it, to me, I felt like the entire season, I had this this uh, kind of view of the Mandalorian, of what I wanted his character to be. And the minute that helmet came off, uh, it changed everything about how I saw the character. Money is the number one cause of stress and the number two cause of divorce. Make your money go further and work harder with a certified financial planner from Facet Wealth. Financial planning used to focus on retirement, but Facet helps you with today. 
you get a dedicated financial planner that guides you through every financial decision. Inflation, interest rates, stock market changes, home prices. How do you figure it all out? Well, every advisor at FACET is a certified financial planner and fiduciary. That's just a fancy way to say they have the best training, and they're legally bound to do what's in your best interest. This isn't just about investments. It's about taking care of your money so you can start living a better life today. FACET has a simple flat fee, no hidden charges, and with nothing to sell, there are no commissions. Visit TryFacetWealth.com for two months free off your first year of financial planning. That's T-R-Y-F-A-C-E-T Wealth.com. Facet Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. Just because of his well, physical appearance. Because we already knew it was Pedro Pascal, and we, everybody we, knows what we, he looks we, like. We, we did, but I feel like I was able to divorce my knowledge of the actor from the character itself. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's kind of like, you know, with Darth Vader. Like, Darth Vader never took off his helmet until the end of the movie, but by that point, he was dying. Um, and up to that point, you know, Vader could have been anyone underneath that helmet. Like, to, to you, Darth Vader was his helmet. And to me, that was kind of like this character. You know, he is his armor. That's the Mandalorian. The guy beneath the helmet doesn't matter as much as the creed that he's armored himself in. Hmm. What about so, that loophole that they use, though, that the robot didn't really see no, it, him? because he. I'm glad that they actually stuck to the logic of of that, but because he was pretty pissed, he's like, "You take that helmet off, I'm gonna sh- I'm gonna kill you." Yep. And he pulled that gun on him. Like I thought that was pretty. He well, was I, he was ready to die. Yeah, he was ready to die. But you, you know, I just I didn't feel like it was a good choice. It wasn't something I would have done, and I felt like it it cheapened the hmm. the the series for me. The whole series, the whole series, oh, yeah. Man. Because from from this point on, you know, the the mystique of the character is gone for me. Wow. So, but, uh, you know, that's not to say it wasn't a, a good finale. Uh, you know, the, the final showdown was good. Um, you know, losing, uh, Quill was, was, a that was punch a to the gut. Hell of a cliffhanger too. Yeah. Um, but it, you know, it felt like by the end of the, the season, everything had kind of reset, you know, it's like, oh, he's, he's got baby Yoda and he's going off on adventures again. And the, the crew that he teamed up with is now going their separate ways. And we've got a big bad guy who's still alive. I tell you. But between uh, Moff Gideon and uh, Kylo Ren both walking out of uh, TIE fighters that just freaking crash right into the ground. Those things are safe. Yeah, those, those, things, those, those things have a heck of an airbag. Yeah, yeah. they really did. That thing took a tumble and he just got yeah. out like nothing. That was pretty cool. Also, uh, Finn. Finn. He, he came out of the TIE oh, fighter. Oh, yeah, too, that's right. Yeah, in uh, Force Awakens. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and Poe. And Poe. And Poe yeah. okay. po just got up and walked away. Yeah. He was like, screw that guy. I don't know who he is. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, TIE Fighters. I don't know, what did he say? He got thrown from it or something? Yeah, TIE Fighters are like the safest spacecraft in the galaxy. Yeah. They can explode and you're fine. So Actually, you, that, that seems to be a running theme. So like the Death Star can explode and you're fine. <laughs> so technically, you, you know how they say that Luke and the Rebellion murdered like a, a billion uh, Empire stormtroopers mm-hmm. on the first Death Star? They're all fine. No, they all they, 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 just just, fell, they just fell to the planet. They landed on Yavin? Yeah. <laughs> so Jude, what did you think of The Mandalorian Season 1 recap? Um, or season one finale. All right, you got to tell them, babe. I thought we were going to do C. <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually, I did not watch it because oh. I watched the first episode and I was just not into the show. You're not into Star and that Wars, was it. are you? I'm not a sci-fi person. Hmm. This is the demographic mm. Kathleen Kennedy is trying to appeal to right here. <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> babe, would you tell them why you don't like Star Wars? No. 
This is dangerous territory. No, uh, I like the originals. Okay. Um, I hate every prequel. I don't give a shit. Um, he dragged me to see, what was the one that we- Rogue One. Yeah, and I was rolling my eyes the whole time. I didn't care. I don't care about Rey. I don't care about this character. It's basically Luke Skywalker with a vagina. So who gives a shit? Okay. That's a hell of a hot yeah. take. So, so like I sat her down. I was like, I was like, babe, why don't we, why don't you give the first you episode. Come to Jesus of, talk with me. Yeah. I, I said, give the first episode of Mandalorian a shot. If you don't like it, I'm not going to make you watch the rest of it. So you, don't like, like, okay. you don't like sci-fi, but you like fantasy. I do. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we're safe with The Witcher? Then? Oh, I'm ready to talk about The Witcher. Okay, cool. Yeah. We'll catch up with you when we start talking about The Witcher. But there's a couple of other <laughs> I'll things. I'll just be over here just doing yeah, yeah. nothing. Just, <laughs> but, Disagreeing with Matt once in a while. But, but Jude, what didn't you like about the first episode of Mandalorian since you did watch that? Um, I just didn't care. You didn't like Baby Yoda? I mean, he's cute, but... My wife doesn't think he's cute. I value my time, <laughs> and I'm not going to sit through uh, an, a show that I don't care about just for the sake of seeing Baby Yoda. I'll just look at some memes. Okay. Fair enough. All right. So there's a couple of things I wanted to talk about, about The Mandalorian. Uh, early, very early in the criticism, um, I mentioned that I didn't like the music very much. It was very underwhelming, I think I said. Mm-hmm. And uh, it didn't feel Star Warsy enough or John Williams enough. It was just kind of very low-key. I have 180 on on that opinion because I listen to this song now, and it's uh, – it's like humming the Rocky theme, you mm-hmm. know? It's it's amazing. I, I get amped. Like, it wasn't until, I think, episode six when he had the triumph over... Was that the one with the prisoner, right? When... Um, yes. yes. Yes, when he was flying away and the X-Wings came in and blew the space station up and they played his theme. I was yeah. like, yes, give me more of that. And ever since then, I cannot get that song out of my head. It's Is amazing. Is it catchier than Toss a Coin to Your Witcher? We're going to talk about that. <laughs> we will discuss. Actually, the, the because what, what we're going to do later in this podcast is we're going to pit these two shows against each other and see which one is better or which one is, is more... I don't know, addicting, I Are guess. we going to battle the songs against each, against Wish, each other? Yes, also? yeah, we are. Because we're going to open with The Witcher and we're going to close with The Mandalorian theme. <laughs> I will say that the music for The Mandalorian has grown on me. Uh, I didn't like it at first, like you. But uh, it, it's got that kind of fun Sergio Leone kind of twang to it. And uh, the deeper you get into the, the first season of the show, the more that music kind of comes to encapsulate kind of like how you know like when you hear john williams empire theme it's mm-hmm. like you think of the empire when you hear his you know star wars theme you think of star wars when you hear this theme you think of the mandalorian and it's become really like iconic to the character I, yeah I, I, I dig it i feel it's appropriate what about you matt vader um they've definitely done a good job of making that theme his i i agree i, I wasn't super into it when it first came on but it's really grown on me over the last Eight episodes, I guess. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I really like it. Yeah, it's, I do too. And I have to, I, I'm not super knowledgeable about like music and themes and stuff like that, but I would like to see if this, if the soundtrack show would do a, a show about mm-hmm. this theme because I'm, I'm curious to see if early in the season, if it's kind of toned down a little bit. And then the more we get to know the character, I feel like the music has gotten a little bit louder and a little bit more uh, orchestral. And I think if that's actually true, which I can't verify because I'm not smart enough to figure it out, but if that is actually true, it makes a lot of sense why all of a sudden after like six episodes, the theme is really catching me. Your comment about how it it reminds you of the Rocky theme is very telling. Yeah. Because there's a mashup out there where they're played together. And they fit? It's... 
perfection. Oh man, <laughs> it's it really is. I, I'm so I posted it yesterday. I'm surprised I think you I, didn't see it. I watched a little bit of it, but it's, I didn't finish it though. It's really cool. Is okay. I'm gonna have yeah. to. Maybe yeah. I'll just drop that on. You, you know, after watching the full season of The Mandalorian, I'm thinking that. If there was ever a Star Wars property that Quentin Tarantino could get his hands oh. on, oh, yeah, this sure. would be it. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, that like, could like, get me on board. Could you imagine? Really? Could, mm. If you, Quentin Tarantino came and directed The Mandalorian, you'd I'm be like, a big I'm a Tarantino fan. Okay. All right. Well, you heard it, Hollywood. <laughs> Salty nerds say bring Quint, Quentin happen. Tarantino in. <laughs> yeah, Make it like, happen. Get him away from Star Trek. Get, give that's, him The Mandalorian for That's like how to get your female episodes. audience. <laughs> do, have, give him the season finale for season two or something. How amazing would that be? I, I'd rather he just do his own like standalone. Oh, like a bottle episode? Yeah. So like he could like do whatever he wants. Hmm. No yeah. reins. Like, like could, you, could you imagine kind of like, you, you remember that scene from Inglorious Bastards where it, it's the the undercover British guy with like, mm. Oh, in the bar in the bar, oh. with, but that with the Mandalorian. Yes. I, I could. Like, how cool would that be? That would be freaking awesome. I'm down for that. You've just sold me on Quentin Tarantino directing star Wars. Yeah, and he could just kill a bunch of hippies. <laughs> yeah, and they're all running around barefoot. Yeah. Tarantino loves be- bare feet. He has a foot fetish. Yeah. It's verifiable. Oh, and yeah. I never noticed it until I think it was like Kill Bill Volume 2, and somebody pointed it out to me, and it's been like somebody like shattered the loves glass. Feet. Yeah, mm-hmm. the guy loves feet. And uh, he knows how to film flamethrowers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which Mandalorian, that's one of Mandalorian's favorite weapons, too. Yep, yep. So, so uh, it's tailor made for Tarantino. I think you're right. I think we need to get a, what is that, change.org or something, a petition going. <laughs> <laughs> so you really never noticed Tarantino's foot fetish? Not in, No, because I was wa- I mean, I watched like Pulp Fiction and Reservoir Dogs and things like that. And Reservoir Dogs didn't really have a foot thing in it. it and it, then it really started with From Dusk Till Dawn, I think. Okay. Mm-hmm. I saw, see, I didn't mm-hmm. see his movies in order. I, I saw like the most popular ones first yeah. and then I started getting into Jude, his work. Jude, which, which of his movies have the, the big feet? The most gratuitous. The most gratuitous. <laughs> feet <laughs> action. Um, there's, uh, the one it's in, uh, death, death proof, death proof. Yeah. Uh, where he comes up on the girl with her feet sticking out of the car yeah. and he's licking them. <laughs> um, but also <laughs> dust, dust till dawn. He's literally drinking booze off of this girl's foot. Yeah. And, uh, once upon a time in Hollywood had some really gratuitous. Yeah. Yes, did it? I haven't seen yeah, it Yeah. But there was, there was no, uh, F to M footage. <laughs> 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 no foot to mouth. No. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, so, what do we guys? What do we think about the uh, lead into season two? Uh, you you mentioned that you feel like they kind of reset the 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 button on him, but I kind of disagree with that because yes, we st- we still have Baby Yoda, and he's still going to be trekking throughout the galaxy, which I think opens up well, the he has story. A, he has a, a mission bit. now. Yeah, he has a mission. He, he takes Baby to, Yoda home, or train him, or but we don't know where it is, or train him as a warrior. Well, what I was, but he's going to go on like a on like a detective. Like little storyline where he's going to go and try and figure out where this kid came from. Well, that's that's season. And then two at the end of the season two, we're going to see him give Baby Yoda over to Luke uh, Skywalker well, in his prime with a green lightsaber. <laughs> what I was saying was that um, the Mandalorian is actually a very typical TV show in the sense of how it's structured. And so, even though you have these episodes that kind of tie together, uh, for the most part, they have a a single kind of formula that they follow. And what I meant by that was by the end of the first season, the formula has been reset. Like he doesn't have a crew that he's going out and getting into adventures with. Uh, this whole first season was him and Baby Yoda going places and doing stuff. And that formula is going to continue into season two based off of the what we got in the season finale. Just with a new, a new bad yeah, guy so, chasing so him. So basically I'm just saying like uh, the show is very formulaic mm-hmm. and they didn't really – 
Like this isn't one of those things where it's like an uh, eight hour movie, kind of like how the Netflix series are structured. This is more like traditional TV and it has some good points and some bad points to it. I personally don't like this style. It's kind of outdated. It is very out. Like that's my biggest criticism of the show is that the writing and the structure of the show just feels very like almost eighties. Yeah. Yeah. To me, um, like an eighties TV show. I can totally agree with that. And I I think it's, um, I had a thought and it was really good. And then I lost it. You don't have any good thoughts. Ouch. (laughs) (laughs) I got like the full house theme going through my brain. right now. (laughs) Thanks. Eighties theme. theme. Yeah, it does. It does definitely feel like that. And I think, one of the um, oh, that's what I was gonna say. One of the things, the, the criticisms that throughout this entire show, all the episodes, I can think of one instance where they do a Deus Ex Machina, where somebody gets saved at the last minute from some unseen cause that's just like so happens to be. Hey, guess what? You're safe now. It's like they really need to pull back, pull back on that a little bit. It started off okay when when Baby Yoda saved him from the Mudhorn uh, early in the season. I was like, okay, he was already saved uh, by Krill with the uh, with the <clears throat> I got it's that stuff. Chia seeds. Yeah, chia seeds <laughs> stuck in my throat. Um, he he got saved by those. Uh, what are they called? Blurgs. Yeah. Uh, by Krill early in the season, like oh he was going to get beat up with them, and then you know somebody came out of nowhere and saved them, and, and that that seems to be happening almost every single episode. And I really think they need to pull back on that a little bit because it it, it takes away from his character, I think, and it's kind of it's it's an old trick, and it gets it gets really old really fast. So. I would want to see them not do that anymore. But I am really curious. They they dropped a huge bombshell on like hardcore Star Wars fans with the uh, the dark saber, and I'm I'm curious how much of that is actually going to play into the story. If they're gonna it's certainly got us all talking. Yeah, it? it's got us talking. Well, so I, I wonder, are they really gonna fall back on on Moff Gideon's uh, backstory about how he got that, or is it gonna well, remain they, a mystery? They, they made it clear that Moff Gideon was kind of the leader of the Mandalorian purge. Yeah. He was the guy who basically killed all of them off. And so, you know, I, I'm not, I, I haven't watched all of Clone Wars or Rebels. So, like, I'm kind of, you know, not too familiar with the Darksaber. And this show, if you're not familiar with it, didn't do anything to really kind of update you. I, I'm sure a lot of people who haven't seen the, the cartoon show would watch that final scene and be like, oh, is he a Jedi? Or, something or a like, Sith or, or something. Sith. Yeah. Um, so th- there's definitely, like, they ended it with a lot of questions for season two to answer. So, but you know, I, I felt like the final showdown between the Mandalorian and the TIE fighter was pretty cool. That was awesome. Even though the minute he hooked that thing with his grappling hook, it would have ripped his arm off. <laughs> yeah. He's going, going, going like so 600 fast. miles yeah. an hour. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. like, uh, it's star Wars, man. Things happen, but you know, it was, it was cool to see his, uh, his relationship with IG 11, uh, like how, like he was actually emotional to, to see IG 11 sacrifice himself. Yeah. At the end, after an that's entire some, season of him distrusting droids, that's some great character development too. Yeah. I, I have to take my hat off to the writing for that because that really, I felt that. And I, you know, and I, one of the things that I think I said early on was I didn't think IG Eleven was coming back. I was like, oh, he's dead. That was like a one-off character. Which I early in the in the season with these like single episodes, very formulaic thing. I was like. Oh, that was just a one-off character. Same with Krill. I was like, they're not going to come back. Dude, I, IG-11 was pulling some boss-boss one-shots in this episode. He came in and he basically killed all the stormtroopers for them. <laughs> <laughs> We've got to talk about that scene with the scout troopers. Oh, yeah. Okay, so, my, my favorite scene of the episode. Actually. Okay, good. I'm glad you liked it because some people were like, this is too like Marvel-esque, Taika Waititi. It's yeah. too much comedy. It was comedy. very Taika Waititi. And it was, it was almost too much... Um, 
uh, it was almost meta because of the joke about the stormtroopers that can't hit anything. Well, like, it was. It, it was, but, but I, that's what was cool about it. Yeah, I liked that's what that. I liked, about I it, liked yeah. it. I thought it was funny. And also, there is a way out. People are like, well, no, stormtroopers are, are can't hit things as cannon. And I'm like, well, it kind of always has been. Yeah. But like it's maybe if you joke. really want to like dig into it, you could say it's just these two losers who are scout troopers who can't hit it, anything. It reminded me a lot of the fan film troops. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The early oh, yeah. 90s. Yeah. But you know, Taika Waititi, his his style of humor, and if you've ever watched what we do in the shadows, you'll know this. Like he likes to take the these high high concept like characters and and ideas, and show the average everyday mundane mm-hmm. aspect yeah. of them, and that's where the humor comes from. And so, like when we got these two scout troopers, who are basically like they they've done their evil empire stuff in the previous episode and now they're going back and, and they're like okay what do we do now and and you just see that like they're back and forth and it's kind of like if you're at work and you're just talking to a co-worker yeah. like it's that type of banter oh, dude i never but, wanted but to the see be- the best thing uh, i'm sorry I, no go ahead just let me get this real quick the best part of that was when they they keep radioing in to see if it's okay to deliver the package, the Baby mm-hmm. Yoda, and they're like, "No, he's he's uh, Moff Gideon's still monologuing. He just killed uh, an officer for interrupting him. You know, uh, but better wait a little while longer." All right, copy that. <laughs> copy that. We'll wait. <laughs> we'll wait. <laughs> that was pretty good, but that was almost that was almost too meta. Like the the shooting, not being able to hit things, was fine with me, but like them being like. Oh, he just killed somebody because he interrupted. I'm like, okay, that that was borderline on the fence too much for me, but I still thought it was hilarious. Yeah, but I kept like, it's like, can I see it? Yeah, can yeah. I see what's in the bag. Like, you just want to see what's in the bag. I never <laughs> wanted to see two stormtroopers die more than I ever have. Really, when I he wanted, was I punching to have their own show. He was <laughs> punching Baby Yoda. <laughs> it was terrible. He was was nudging like, him, nudging. <laughs> yeah, a, but, but I think you said it, Alex. It was almost we, like Red versus Blue. Was oh like yeah, of that. that was. It was two things that I compared it to when I was growing up, a Star Wars fan, and, and watching things like Red versus Blue by Rooster Teeth. If you guys haven't heard of them, go on YouTube. They're, most of their seasons are on YouTube for free. And they're freaking hilarious. They're so funny. And then the other thing I remember is growing up playing Star Wars video games, um, like uh, Jedi Knight, Jedi Academy, and things like that. If you were to go into – there was like a, an area where all the stormtroopers were or if you had to make your way through a bunch of, uh, of stormtroopers as part of the level. If you snuck through and they didn't know you were there, you could catch little conversations with the two stormtroopers. It's part of the game. Yeah, well, and it, it – fit really well it was like a nice callback to almost like that if kind of you thing. even look at a new hope when ben kenobi is sneaking around the, the death star he comes across stormtroopers who are just having like everyday conversations. yeah they're talking about their guns yeah. you see the new y11 yeah. or what yeah it was a it was a great callback all around i think it worked really well and i loved it i thought it was awesome and i'd like to see yeah and th- these were also the same stormtroopers the scout troopers in the previous episode who were like i'll give you 20 credits for the helmet you know, like, 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 like they were just kind of like dude bros, yeah. <laughs> like, like you know, uh, working for this local warlord. You got any extra thoughts there, Matt Vader? Uh, no, no. Okay, cool. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, it's stupid. <laughs> no, I, I, I thought they were great. I, uh, I thoroughly enjoyed that scene, and and I'd, I'd like to see similar scenes in the future. Yeah, for sure. I really would. You know, it was fun. <clears throat> you know, it was another funny callback in this episode. Was so they're trapped in the can- cantina. And the only way out is the sewer grate. And, you know, they, they have this, like, repeating blaster that they try to, you know, uh, shoot the grate out with. And the grate's too strong. But the Death Star grate in A New Hope, Leia takes it out with one, one shot. shot. It's because it's Leia. Yeah. <laughs> I, no, now that you said that, that is a, 
That is a callback, or it could be seen as a callback. That's pretty cool. Just shoddy workmanship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the Death Star. It's mm-hmm. cheaply made. Cut corners. It's Cut corners. Made. It was all slave labor. It was all that Urso guy's fault. Yeah. <laughs> he, he had cut, that planned out. He cut all the corners. <laughs> <laughs> he just we didn't see that part of the Hollywood yeah, yeah, message. That's he, all he specifically went for the lowest bidder. <laughs> Go through the grates. They're really easily destroyed. <laughs> They're human size. <laughs> that's Star Wars canon now. All right. Last question about the Mandalorian. Um, is Baby Yoda overpowered? No. No. Really? I don't think so. Force choke, force <clears throat> levitate, stopping fire. He's Baby Yoda. He's just the uh, the embodiment of... Okay, so what are your reasonings? Give me some reasonings because if if Ray were to do these things, we'd be freaking out. What are you talking about? She did way more than he did. <laughs> Not well. She's, she force stopped a... a, a spaceship from lifting off the ground this is and true. then shot it with lightning and nobody was like and everybody's like what how could she possibly do those things with, Every, with, like with, we with all do it so what's the what's baby yoda's excuse he's he's a infant alex what did baby yoda actually do he stopped a f- flame in midair he lifted a three-ton animal and levitated it for a couple of seconds yeah he, he used, healed people he was the first one to show he, he healing powers the force to lift something he used the force to heal someone that's it he didn't do anything else. Yeah, all right. He just now compare that rocks. with what Ray has done. <laughs> <laughs> and you're saying, yeah, all right. maybe Yoda's overpowered. No, I'm just asking the question. I, if if he was overpowered, okay, he would be using the Force in every situation where the Mandalorian was in trouble. He is. He is. He, he didn't though. Every time Mandalorian gets into the it's Mandalorian, the day, it's was the, the Mandalorian was the guy who had to rescue Baby Yoda consistently throughout the series, and only very rarely did Baby Yoda use the Force. To help him out. It was in dire circumstances. Yeah. And every time he uses it, he has to take a long nap. Uh, I mean, if baby, <laughs> if, so. if, if baby Yoda was overpowered, Quill wouldn't have died. He wouldn't have gotten captured by the uh, scout troopers. Um, you, you know, he'd, be, he'd have been using the force constantly to basically take out all the, the threats. And that one scene where he starts force choking uh, Kara, um, I think it, it just shows that he doesn't fully understand his powers yet. And so... Uh, because he's only got these rudimentary force powers. I mean, I think that's pretty apparent to me when he was trying to uh, kill the, the droid in the in the bounty hunters. Oh episode. yeah, he's like, if I try, and, and it's like he's he's trying to force choke the droid or something. I remember what it was, but then his head exploded because oh, when he looks at his hand, it's like maybe it was like, what? I didn't know I could do that, you know. And it's just like I think he's got a lot of uh, raw. Force power that he yeah. doesn't exactly know how to use. Okay, probably had some maybe minimal amount yeah. of but, but you know training, the, but it's an inherent part of his species, I believe. The stuff he does use you know, of the force, uh, other than the force healing, is very basic, like Jedi stuff. Mm-hmm. It, it's stuff that it's also flight or flight, fight or flight. Yeah, uh, but, but I mean, like, like too. we know Jedi have like telekinetic, like force mm-hmm. pushing, force pulling, force choking. And and so like there uh, up until the point that we got to the force healing, there were really no new force powers that he w- was w- was using. Uh, compare that to someone like Ray, who's force skyping and like <laughs> you know like doing all this other crazy stuff. Uh, like it, it it's nowhere near what you could consider overpowered. Okay, all right. She's a Palpatine. Yeah, yeah. That means go for Papa Palpatine. <laughs> go for Papa Palpatine. 
I love that something, scene. Something, something, something. Dark side. Dark side. People say they like my, uh, <laughs> yeah, my, do, you my impressions. <laughs> do a good pop-up pop impression. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, that's everything for The Mandalorian, season one recap. And uh, we'll bring it up after we're done talking can, about The Witcher. Can, can we all give our final grade to the first oh, season? Oh, is there a grade thing? Yeah. Okay. I have a scale of one to ten. Ten being the best. Alex, how would you rate the first season of Mandalorian? The first season of Mandalorian from one to ten. I'd give it a solid six and a half. I want to see less Deus Ex Machina, and I want to see more production value. A couple of these, a couple of the episodes look pretty fanfare, and uh, you know it's not a bad thing when it's a fan movie, but when it's a full production with ten million dollars behind it, let's amp it up a little bit. Matt, one to ten. Um, I'm gonna be right in that same area, six and a half, seven. I thought the episodes were short. Oh yeah, and short. Um, I want I want longer standard length episodes. Yeah, fifty minutes minimum. Yeah, that'd be good. And, um, you know, there were some weak spots that the episode, when they went back to Tatooine, was not good. Um, but overall, I thoroughly enjoyed myself, and I, and I want to see more. I'd give it a solid seven as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it, it, it was probably the best Star Wars we've gotten since the oh, Disney yeah. era started. And uh, Well, I put Rogue One up there at the same level as despite yeah. it, Mando. Despite its many missteps throughout the season, overall it was a very good entry into the Star Wars universe. So I'm, I'm down for it. Okay, cool. And I, I just want to make sure everybody knows I'm still here. Yeah. <laughs> Jude's still here. We're going to talk about The Witcher now. <laughs> yeah. Yay! Jude's going to have something to contribute. I don't know why you guys like that song. How do you not like that song? It sucks. It does not it suck. It doesn't make... It's just... It's not a good song. Toss a coin to your witcher. Oh, valley of plenty. Oh, valley of plenty. You guys even know what Annoys me. All right. Listen, you guys. Matt is entitled to his bad opinion. Leave him alone. <laughs> Some stupid gay bard flipping around Whoa. with his... Whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, you go too far, Jessica isn't gay. In, in fact, he's quite the opposite. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, because he got bars. in trouble for screwing around with some other dude's wife. Yeah. That I guy just, is I don't definitely like the, I don't, not And then he either. hired a bodyguard. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, Matt. I, I don't know. What was I saying? I don't remember. Stupid bards. Oh, okay. <laughs> Stupid gay bards. <laughs> it takes me back to my Dungeons & Dragons days, way back when. You don't like the bards? I hated that character class. <laughs> I hated it. And I still do. I still do. It's, it's they just, give you a buff. It's, just, it's right out of the player's handbook. And it's just like, ugh. It's like, get out of my game. If oh, I was a dungeon man. master, I would have killed him a long time ago. Really? Oh, you can yeah. do that? Oh. I don't know how D&D works. Well. I've never played it. I'm sorry. I would roll my dice behind my How dare you call yourself dungeon a Master's I know. I, there's like and, um, board games and things. I wasn't around for that. I would have said, oh, critical hit. You're dead. And I, you know, and, and I never grew up with anybody who did. I was like the only nerd I knew. <laughs> so, yeah, I know. Well, now I got a whole bunch of nerds. Aww. And I don't, I still don't play You have a panel of nerds. A panel. Full panel. Full panel. All right, guys. Welcome to the Witcher segment of the Salty Nerd Podcast. Uh, we're going to be talking about, to your we already did that, Matt. We already did that. Yeah, it's, that's enough. Shh, shh, shh. We'll leave it Too to soon. the we'll leave it to the professionals. Vader's <laughs> getting upset. Guys, seriously, <laughs> so befuddled right now. All right, <laughs> befuddled, Jude. Since we spent the first hour talking about the Mandalorian, let me uh, hear your thoughts okay. on season one recap of The Witcher. What did you think? What did you think? I uh, loved it. Yeah, yeah. 
What about Super specifically? What did you love about it? Um, Henry Cavill shirtless torso. <laughs> God damn right. Even I love that. I ain't ashamed to say it. I loved his bad wig. <laughs> <laughs> okay. As bad, it, as bad as it was, it was definitely better than that uh, test screening that we had like months and months she, before. She you don't remember that? Okay. They did a test screening. I think, who was it? IGA, IGN or some... Somebody. No, Netflix released it. it was it like, Netflix? It was a, a costume test for yeah. uh, for Geralt, and it looked awful. It, it remi- looked like Henry Cavill took Legolas's wig from yeah. Lord of the Rings and yeah. just put it on. No, you know what it reminded me of? Of on SNL when Kit Harrington oh, did was- the the <laughs> Daenerys. Yeah. <laughs> he had his tits hanging out yeah. and everything. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Vader's like tits? For an entire what? season. Oh, yeah. Matt's awake oh, now. There were so many boobs Someone in this show. Someone mentioned boobs? Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Jennifer has got a nice rack. All right? <laughs> that one episode was just incredible. You know, when we were watching that episode, you was sitting next to me and she's like, those are fake. What? <laughs> they had no bounce Man. to them, huh? I, I can spot a fake boob at a hundred paces. Ouch. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Continue. <laughs> no judgment, though. Continue. What did, what did you love matter. about this show? Um, what, what sold you? You know, I just, I love fantasy. I thought it was great world building. Um, and when I finally figured out uh, about the, the timelines, I was like, oh, hell yeah. What episode did you figure that out? Um, I don't math. You was figured out episode three? three or, yeah, I think it was three You were or four. so much smarter than me. It was the me. one with um, Foltest. Well, it was when when Unifer was going through her transformation, yes. yeah. and we saw young. We Foltest. saw young yes. Foltest. Yeah, you figured it out then too. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. totally went over my head. Oh yeah, I didn't know until they re- like revealed it, quote unquote, at the like episode seven or something like that, uh-huh. when they actually pointed out the fact that it was a, a different timeline and that everything kind of converged on that yeah. one event. Yeah. Well. I'm uh, glad it took you longer because I felt like, I was like, oh, damn it. How did I not see this? No, I didn't. I had no idea. I'm it still confused. I, I You're still, still confused? I still don't know what the hell's going on. Pretty much anything to do with Yennefer and Geralt takes place years before the events of we see that we see with Ciri. Yeah, like 30 years. Well, you yeah. know what they could have done? They could have put a little sub thing. Yeah, but you got to be, you know, you got to be smart eh, nowadays. You know, Hollywood's like, well, it's let, really Let me know what's going Watch on. Watch smart. Watch safe smart. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go ahead, Jude. What else did you got? Um, I think that's a, that's generally the gist of it. I loved the world building. I I was really invested in the characters. I thought Yennefer was a more interesting character before she got hot. Um, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought her her um her little character development where she was like regretting her decisions that she had made in the mm-hmm. past and she kind of wasn't really happy with the life that she had chosen. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was an interesting thing. And that was after, like, when I was first watching it, I, I, again, I know nothing, no books, no video games, never played any of that stuff. So going into this completely fresh, I really thought that Yennefer was going to be like the big bad. Like okay. I thought she was going to be this character that had been downtrodden and beaten down her whole life and treated like crap. And then once she gains power, she's going to try and like get even with the world type of thing. And I was like, okay, so she's going to go that route. And then Geralt is going to have to come in and like kill the witch. Mm-hmm. And, you know, cause she's like turned almost like, um, like Jean Grey uh, as a uh, dark Phoenix or mm-hmm. whatever. I thought that was the route they were going to go. You felt like you were led there because of what happened with him and Princess Renfrey. 
Ren- Renfi? Renfrey? Renfrey. Renfrey no. in the beginning? No, like I really- Like he had to kill her and that's why you thought he was going to have to kill Maybe subconsciously. Yennefer. Like you telling me that makes me think that's probably what it was, but that was Allow me to tell you what you think yeah, from now on, you. Alex. <laughs> yeah. Like I don't think that- what, That didn't really go through my head when I was watching the show, but now that you mentioned it, maybe. It was okay. very possible that like, that could have been it, but okay. I just- I loved Yennefer. I thought Yennefer was the most interesting character in the whole show. Yeah, and she I was great. She was awesome. I, I also really liked um, Geralt's- uh, development of him being a monster hunter and then throughout the season him um just figuring out what actually is a monster you know is it the monster monsters or is it actually the men yeah is it the humans that's very much in line with his character from what i understand now that i've watched the show i've done a little bit of research and his character very much is is like that you know the whole the whole speech between them um What's evil versus mm-hmm. lesser evil, greater evil. It doesn't matter. It's all just evil. Mm-hmm. Like that's his montage almost. And it was in The Witcher 3, I think, the main trailer for Mantra. that game. Mantra. Yeah, and, uh, montage is montage. totally different. <laughs> <laughs> totally different. Thank you for checking me on that. Um, yeah, it, it, it's definitely his character's thing. And uh, I appreciated hearing his his take on it and uh, how Henry Cavill did it in the show. And I, I, looking back now and learning a little bit more about his character, you can see that the first episode is very much an establishing episode for his character and where he got the nickname, the butcher of Bravigan. Bravigan. And, uh, that's another thing. Okay. So like we criticize these fantasy shows for going a little overboard with the names and not being able to be real recognizable. And I feel like I know this show has existed or the, the, the source material for this show has existed for a long time, but I was like, I have no idea who the Nilfgaards are. Oh, I have yeah. no idea what city they're in. I thought they were in. called Milfgaard for Milf- the first two episodes. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you know, um, it's all based off of a, because the original works were written in Norwegian, yeah. right? Scandinavian. Mm-hmm. And so all these, uh, all these names are based off of Scandinavian folklore. Which is why they're all so weird to, yeah. <laughs> to pronounce. Yeah. And in the translation, they didn't really change these names. Which is good. I actually applaud them for that. They didn't try to make it easier for us. And yeah. it, it, you leave it up to me. To, Nobody to... wants to see a witcher named Paul. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. We're back in business. Yeah. Um, yeah, nobody wants to see a witcher <laughs> named Paul. My God, how long ago was that? Anyway. Um, <laughs> we had technical difficulties. Yeah, we did. We had a little dropout. My computer just stopped working for a second. Um, let's, uh, okay. So, so, so what we were talking about before the technical difficulties, it was w- geography. well, it's, it's that the show doesn't really explain things very well, unless you're familiar with the source material. Cause I was saying, I was mansplaining to my girlfriend <laughs> uh, because she was, she, she got confused a couple times while we were watching the show. And because I'm familiar with the books and the video games, I was able to fill in a lot of the gaps for her. And yeah. she was like, oh, okay, now that makes sense. Once I explained it to her, but then you have people like Matt Vader over here and who me. Is, isn't familiar with any of it, and he's watching. It, he's like, I don't know what's going on. So, uh, you know, we were talking about how uh, the Northern Kingdoms, which Centra, which is the the city that or the kingdom that Siri is living in at the start of the show, they're part of of the north of the continent, and they're a bunch of like these little independent kingdoms that are kind of all neighboring each other. And then to the south is the Nilfgaardian Empire, and they're kind of like this big monolithic, almost Roman Empire-esque uh, monolith. And they've been going through a series of, of big political upheaval where their original emperor got overthrown by a usurper, and then that emperor's child uh, came back and overthrew him and uh, took, took back the, the empire. And then he's sending his armies north, 
And there's a reason why he's attacking Sentra. And he sent, uh, I forget the, the character's name, but it's the character with the winged helmet uh, to go and retrieve Siri for him because Siri uh, has a part to play with the Nilfgaardian Empire. And this is all stuff that if you've read the books, if you've played the video games, you kind of know what they're setting up. But if you're coming into it fresh, like you don't know anything, yeah, there, there's still anything. a lot of mystery as to why Nilfgaard wants Siri and uh, what their plan is with the invasion of the North and all that stuff. Okay. So I'm assuming that later on in the seasons, we'll we'll get a little bit more of a backstory with that because we didn't really spend a lot of time with the Nilfgaardians. They were just kind of like this un, un overwhelming force that was just kind of pressuring the characters that we were watching. We didn't get a lot of backstory with them. So... I'm hoping and I'm assuming that they'll kind of fill us in later um, because, you know, I, I don't I don't necessarily blame the show for not explaining everything because, again, it's kind of you could say it's made for the fans that already have established, you know, this is a show for them or that this is a show that kind of if you know, it's kind of like Star Wars. Like if there's the Darksaber thing, like all us super nerds know about that. But people who are just watching the show are going to be like, well, what's that guy? It's not necessarily bad because people who know about it already will kind of like get the hint. And then later on, it'll probably explain for the for the normies like us. So uh, I don't I don't necessarily blame it. But Matt Vader, you weren't impressed with the show. Why not? Um, well, first off, I thought it was really confusing. Okay. You know, any show that has to put out this timeline that I just showed you to explain <laughs> like a, a zigzag what exactly line. is going on. And it's in 15 <laughs> different directions. And episodes one here and episodes three over here and episode six is over here. That, that to me tells me a story that narratively it, it, uh, doesn't make a lot of sense unless you're a fan of the previous works. Okay. And it's not like this is a, Show that had a, I mean, I guess that's, that's wrong. It did have a pretty big fan base coming in, but it's not like it was a fan base. Not anything compared like to Star Wars. Like Star Wars, yeah. for sure. But, um, my biggest issue with it is I didn't, I wasn't into the production value. You know, if Netflix is going to spend money on these kind of shows, I, I need more than plastic armor. And and armies that look like they're wearing garbage sacks with wrinkles in it. It it, it didn't do anything for me. That style didn't sell it no. for you, huh? No, I think no. a lot of people are criticizing that because it, you know, like if in the video games, uh, the Nilfgaardian armor was very much like plate armor, like you mm-hmm. would see on a knight. And then for some reason, they decided to change it stylistically. And, and it it, it seemed show. inconsistent to me. There were some episodes I thought that looked great, and then there was other episodes that looked cheap. You know, I don't. Well, I'll, I'll explain this to you, Alex. So. <laughs> You know, um, CD Projekt Red, which is the company that made the Witcher games, they got the license um, from Andre Sapowski, uh, who's the author of the, the Witcher books. Hold on a second. What do you want? Attention. Eleven. Oh my God. Stop whining. I can hear you. <laughs> Shh. All right, go ahead. <laughs> and basically, uh, CD Projekt Red is the one that did all the armor designs, all the symbol designs. Basically, everything you see in the games is under CD Projekt Red's video game license. And with the Netflix Witcher show, they specifically had to change it so that it, there's no confusion between what CD Projekt Red created and what they created. Because otherwise, um, they would have to pay CD Projekt Red royalties because oh, they own the, the So that's why the they designs. had to make some changes to everything? Yeah. So basically, everything that they changed in the show was specifically so they could avoid having to... Um, you know, deal with CG, CD Projekt Red's uh, licensing. Oh, okay. So, like, the show has its own license. That's a bummer, man. When some uh, when a franchise or 
a property like this has like it's three the same different people Star trying Trek to, right yeah, into. Yeah. That's a bummer, man. That, I just assumed it was the same thing with Game of Thrones. Like they had to save all of their budget for the gold dragon. Okay. I want to talk about that stupid freaking gold dragon. That thing looked Horrible. like a plucked chicken. <laughs> what in the heck was that? Who approved that? This is like a big budget. Like it's supposed to be, you know, making Netflix competitive with Disney Plus and HBO and all this stuff. I'm like, that was an awful dragon. Awful. Terrible. Like, I don't know if maybe Game of Thrones just spoiled me because those dragons looked amazing. See, I was okay those with... Those were $80 million dragons. And those were expensive Alex. dragons. <laughs> <laughs> I was okay with, with the dragons, but um, I default to Jude because she's the expert. I'm the expert on dragons? She's the mother of dragons. Oh. <laughs> you do have red hair. <laughs> I have one dragon. <laughs> I wouldn't say I know about so do all you, dragons. Do you agree with me? Do you feel like that dragon looked cheap? No, I wasn't bothered by the dragon Really? Oh, man. No. I'm just spoiled now. I'm with you. I didn't like it either. I didn't like it. It took me... That was my least favorite episode. Because I... Like, one, I didn't really understand what the whole point of that episode was besides... Siri wanted her vagina back. Or not Siri. Uh, uh, Jennifer wanted her vagina back and she was going to use a dragon to get it or something. But I was like, I I, I didn't know. She what... wanted her ovaries back. She still has a vagina. Well, okay. <laughs> I, I, think, I think that episode. Is that what he took out when she did the transformation? Because yeah. they like ripped something out of her. Yeah. It was just the ovaries. Yeah. The uterus. You've never seen an ovary before? <laughs> not up close. <laughs> um, I've seen so many ovaries. <laughs> <laughs> In order to become a super hot witch, you had to have a hysterectomy. A hysterectomy? Um, a hysterectomy. What did I say? Hysterectomy. A hysterectomy is when you do it with magic. Yeah. <laughs> it's a montage of the hysterectomy. No, but, you know. My boob hit my mic. That episode in particular, that episode in particular is all the, was the one that were like, I, I, I've said it multiple times. Just that it looks like a bad episode of Xena or Hercules. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That episode is the embodiment of that. Mm-hmm. I can see it, that. It really is. Vader, and you get so salty when you have to watch something that you don't want to watch. It's, <laughs> it's the saltiest sidekick. <laughs> I like that. That's better, better than plucky. <laughs> I was just going to say you're being very plucky right now. I, uh, I, I just expect more yeah. out of our big end fantasy series. I'm cur- I never looked I into did. what the budget for this show was. I wonder how much it was per episode. If it, was, it, was, it was a very short season. Only eight episodes. That seems to be a thing nowadays. Well, how many episodes did Game of Thrones have in in its prime, like season four? Ten. Ten? Yeah, ten or twelve, something like that. What did you guys think of the 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 big wizard battle? How they fought that. Oh yeah, when Yennefer was up in the tower, kinda like calling out commands and stuff. Yeah. I didn't mind it, but I could definitely see if somebody said it looked kind of corny. Yeah. Yeah. I could see why you would was, think I that. I was curious what you guys' thoughts about that were. Because I didn't think it played out very well either. It, 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 took it was a little out. disjointed. Yeah. I could see that for sure. I, I didn't mind it. I, I kind of followed what was going on. But because I didn't really know who all the characters were yet, when I was watching the show, I wasn't... I, wasn't I, mean, I thought it was interesting to see how a group of wizards would fend off against an army of conventional warriors, you know? I liked the fog part. That was, that was, was cool. It was all right. Yeah. But there was just something about that, that whole episode, that scene that... Took me out of it. The one lady. I, I don't know, man. The one lady who made the door out of sticks and then somebody just lit it on fire. And oh she was I like, know. oh my God. That was lame. <laughs> that, that, that was Chris Marigold. Yeah. I was like, what did you expect was going to happen? <laughs> but, as, but as salty as I am about it, I do overall kind of like the show. Okay. I want it. To, I just you think wanted, it has I just, potential. It has definite potential. And, you know, The Witcher wouldn't be as popular as it is 
if it wasn't good. If it, do you think if Henry no. Cavill wasn't get uh, Geralt, you think it would be as popular? I don't know. Probably, maybe not. He brings a lot of clout to this show. I mean, he I gotta does. say, like he's probably the main reason why I'm watching it. His his growl, the way he talks, oh, it's it was perfect. Perfect. I never. Okay, again, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's, he's evil so is evil. <laughs> I'm full <laughs> on venison. It's not your day, is it? <laughs> it's not your day, I, is it? <laughs> I awesome. will continue to watch the show. Okay. Because I want to see what happens. I just I just didn't like that style of storytelling. Hmm. With the hmm. with the with the nonlinear the, stories yeah, the out of stories. out of out of context. And it's just okay. it seemed weird. You know. But there was some cool world building and, and it was fun. And um more more shows like this the better. Yeah, oh so. yeah, for sure. Uh, and there and like I was saying, I think I did a tweet or something like that. I said competition breeds greatness. So the more of these fantasy type shows that come and and try to like stake their claim to to fandom and and you know, do right by the franchise I, or the I IP, just, like the better for us. I, I, mean, just, it, I question some of the design choices. Yeah. You know, the penis wrinkle armor and the plastic armor on the king guy, stuff like that just okay. takes me out of there. Why was that king not wearing a helmet during battle when he got shot in the eye by the Nilfgaardians? Well, like, he, so he, that's he, a, that's a thing that bothers me when I watch these like medieval war things. Well, that, that guy is a Skellige. Uh, like he, he they're kind of like the, I, I have no idea oh, what, what now? Skellige. The Skellige are, are kind of like a Viking race. Like they have this island kingdom right off the, the shore of the north. And he was one of the, that group of people. So like they're not used to wearing heavy mail and stuff like that. And that's one of the reasons why he wasn't wearing. I did bit. not get that at all from the show. See, nothing like my no biggest backstory for him at, at all. My biggest issue with this show, and I have lots of issues with it, um, but my biggest issue is that um, they don't like you guys are talking about how good the world building was. I think I thought the world building was terrible because they don't bother to set up a lot of this stuff. They don't give. See, the best part about having fantasy is the world that the thing takes place in, but you always need to be very clear in setting up how the fantasy works. And the best example of this is the opening to the fellowship of the ring where Peter Jackson basically takes like 10 minutes and he gives you the landscape. It's like, here are the different races. Here's the geography. Here's what's happening. Here's the history, all this stuff. So by the time the, the actual story starts, you know exactly like what the world is that you're entering into, and then they build on top of that foundation okay. that they. No, I, I watched. Um, I watched the first episode of Game of Thrones because for nostalgic value. Yesterday, uh, I was feeling I wanted to watch it. I was like missing Game of Thrones for some reason, so I was like, I'm going to watch the first episode again. That show did a great job of of doing that very thing. Yeah, like the, you have the, the northern opening. the northern opening of North of the Wall with the major bad guys with the White Walkers. We get the introduction to that, a little bit of mystery. Then we get introduced to Winterfell. Game of Thrones' then, most brilliant move was their opening credit sequence, mm-hmm. where they actually show you the map the, yeah, of, of yeah. the world. Yeah. What is the opening credits for Witcher? I never. I don't remember. It, it's just the, these symbols. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah okay. The, the different symbols, but uh, so the Witcher doesn't do any of that. You have no idea, like, like you said, you don't, you don't know where Sintra is. You don't know, you, you guys didn't know where Nilfgaard was located. You didn't know about Skellige. Uh, you, you know, you don't know where the, the you know, um, Broccolon Forest is. You don't know the geography of any of this <laughs> the stuff. Forest? The Broccoli Forest? Where the Dryad live. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay, that's another episode that I had no clue what the Are value. The, I was uh, like, the tree people. But, but forest people. But another big Remember? thing. It was all a bunch of chicks, like the, the Amazon. The diversity tribe? <laughs> 
<laughs> we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, another another big thing was the convergence of spheres, where they they talked about that. They and mentioned that. They, yeah, they mentioned that, but that was a, a big thing uh, that has to do with like you know the mythology of this world and what the elder races are and all this other stuff. They totally gloss over explaining what that is. And also the law of surprise, they didn't do a very good job of explaining either. Oh, uh, that I understood. That I understood whole, that. yeah, the whole scene with them at the, in the court with the the marriage proposal thing, that I actually thought was. So a, tell me what the law of surprise is. It's a it's it's like um that what you have but you do not know exactly that's no, what they said I, it was but I it was like have, if you do something if you do a favor or, or at least you have a life debt to somebody and you don't have necessarily anything to give them or they don't want anything they can claim law of surprise. Which is they can come back at any point in time and claim whatever it is that is owed. See, that's what you might take away from the show. But actually, from, uh, from the source material, which the show took it from, the law of surprise is a way to claim uh, the next child of the person. It's that specifically ch- children? Yes. And, and that's how... But the, how did that knight, though, that, that monster knight guy claim the law of surprise? And it was just the chick that he was in love with. So he, he saved her father. Mm. And when, oh. and when the father got back, he found out that his wife was pregnant. Oh, okay. But in the books, it's very clear. And this is how the Witcher schools got all their children to train, which was they would, whenever they would uh, not, when someone wouldn't have enough money to pay them for their services, they would claim the law of surprise. And basically the law of surprise is I get your next child. It's not really a surprise at that point then, is it? Well, <laughs> you, you know, at a certain point, you know, because Jude, Jude said that which you have but do not know. Once they find out that a woman is pregnant, they had already had had the child. But they didn't know it, right? Okay. All right. So once he finds out the wife's pregnant, it's like I didn't know I had that, but I had it. So like now, the it's person old. who claims it, yeah. Okay. But the person who who claims the child doesn't have to take the child. But typically, and, and that's one of the fun, funny things about that episode, and one of my biggest criticisms of the series is that it adapts portions of the book and in, into the show. But it changes some weird things uh, that it doesn't need to change. Like Geralt knows what the law of surprise is, and he knows what it means to claim the law of surprise. Uh, and the show had to change the law of surprise to get that joke where he was like, "Like, oh, I'll just claim law of surprise so you don't have to pay me." And then it's like, "Oh, I'm pregnant." And he's like, "Oh, fuck." You know. <laughs> uh, it, it, I, I feel like they change it just to get that moment. Okay. But in the books, Geralt claims the law of surprise, knowing full well that he's claiming their child. And, you know, but he does that so he can continue the Witcher line because Witchers can't reproduce. Mm-hmm. They, they're, they're sterile. So they Same need to, with mages. Yeah. So they need to take kids to the schools to train them as new ones. So they're collecting kids and whenever they can, basically. Okay. So they're the, Jedi. The only thing yeah. that I was unclear <laughs> on was whether or not um, Geralt um, claimed the law of surprise on Siri and if his intention was to have a child or a wife. So Geralt in the show, yeah, in the show he didn't know he, that he was doing that. Well, it, he he didn't want a kid, and he was trying to run away from right. That but fact. like once he came back for but, her, if his intention was to raise her as his child, or I, was, I was to, to claim her as his wife, I think it was to protect her because he he knew the Nilfgaards were were going to attack the the kingdom after he learned why they were there. But, yeah, but his change of heart came with that episode that you hated, where they were doing the hunt for the, the dragon. And he had that heart to heart with Yennefer and, you know, he, he realized how important family would be to him. And so because that was series, technically his daughter based off of the law of surprise, he wanted to go and make sure she was safe, even though he didn't want to claim her. Mm. And this is, this is one of the things where like, if you've read the books, if you played the games, if you know the lore, 
it, the show makes sense. But if you don't have any of that reference, the show is very confusing and it's not well written. And that's my biggest problem with the show. Now, I like the show. I thought it was okay. I'd give it probably a six out of 10. I was going to say, we could go a rating across the board yeah. here in a second. But uh, my biggest problem was uh, the, the writing of the show. So for those of you who don't know, all of Yennefer's backstory and all of Ciri's story in this uh, didn't exist in the books. That was all original stuff written by the, the, the showrunners. Uh, all of Geralt's stuff, which was the stuff I liked the best, came directly from the books. And I'd have preferred it if they had just stuck with Geralt and bring in Yennefer and Ciri as their stories intersected as opposed to giving all three of them like their own storyline and, and interweaving them. Yeah. Because it, I just found it like overly convoluted. I think I think it benefited from telling Yennefer's story from coming from this like crippled girl who doesn't have a place, who didn't like want, and nobody wanted her to becoming like a really really powerful, beautiful mage. Like I thought her story was really cool. Like I said, she's one of my favorite characters. I enjoyed having three different perspectives. Yeah, I'm not I did saying too. her story wasn't cool. I'm just saying that I feel like it could have been told better. Than okay. it was. All right, so let's do... Because uh, there was a lot of confusing stuff. Like, remember when they turned those girls into eels? Mm-hmm. They put them in that pond, and you were like, why are they turning them into eels? Why mm-hmm. are they putting them in that pond? That was something that the show created. Why? I don't know. That wasn't in the books. I didn't. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of stuff. Also, the casting, like uh, Vilgefortz, uh, you know, he's like kind of one of the big bad guys of the Witcher universe, and, uh, you know, they, they cast a... Um, an actor who doesn't look anything <laughs> like uh, Vilgefortz is supposed to look. Uh, same with Triss Marigold. Um, and so, like, there's just, like, a, you know, the, it's funny because Triss, the the witch from um, Tamaria who helps Geralt out with the, the Striga, um, she's a big character where there's actually a big love triangle between Triss, Yennefer, and Geralt, uh, you know. In, in Which one's Triss? Triss is the one who created the, the vine door that you hated. In, in the, you remember, uh, I remember in the episode where he fights no. that that like disgusting witch thing in the castle. Yeah, yeah. That was her, the, the one Strega? that led her. Yeah, the Strega. Yeah. So I, I mean, and there, there's also a lot of you know, um, kind of they, they don't really explain what Broccolon Forest is or what the Dryads are, and they changed that storyline majorly from the books because originally, Siri and Geralt are supposed to run into each other at Broccolon Forest, and that's where they kind of first form their their bond even though they don't they don't know who each other are and Geralt kind of saves her from from the dryads um and I didn't understand any of that like is, with the water like I'll oh, drink the water and then we'll know if we can keep you here or not like I was like what the heck's going on and those were asparagus trees <laughs> in the broccoli in the broccoli forest <laughs> but, but book, book the fans, Brussels sprout people <laughs> yeah book fans know that 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 one story where where Siri and Geralt first meet is really important to their uh, relationship going forward. And the show totally took that out of the equation. And how to meet at the season finale. Yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, I I know a lot of book purists were very upset with it. I feel like this show is very close to how I originally felt with game of Thrones because I was a huge fan of the game of Thrones books and every single change that they made just uh, irked you the wrong way. (laughs) Yeah. Because I was like, well, they don't need to change that. Why did they change that uh, when they didn't need to? And so like, I feel like this show is very similar in that respect. So I'm kind of, you know, I know that season two, they're going to continue with the nonlinear storytelling. Um, and I, I just feel like this show would be better if it was more streamlined and kind of more straightforward. So I think, I think where I'm running into the problem 
is that I didn't read the Game of Thrones books, and I haven't read an, or played any of the Witcher stuff. Game of Thrones, I never felt like I didn't really know what was going on, at least as far as what they wanted to tell us. With The Witcher, I was confused the entire run. And I'm still kind of confused, even though Matt <laughs> explains stuff to me, you know. Yeah. And that's the difference between the two shows, and and I can't help but compare the two. No, yeah. It's, I mean, <clears> it's know? very much in the same realm. And, it's um, the same fan type of person that would be enjoying it. So, so it's just, I it, hope it gets better. It, yeah, that, I do all. too. So let's go across the board. Jude, what did you? What would you give this uh, 1 to 10, 10 being the best? Mm, I would say I'd give it a 7. Seven. That's mm-hmm. pretty high. Okay. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Good. Doug the monsters. Monsters were good. Mm-hmm. Stunt work was great. Mm-hmm. I have no complaints about the stunt work. Same guy who did the uh, Game of Thrones stunt work, the yeah, I, the, Night the, the Night King, uh, Vladimir or something. I can't remember his last name. Uh, is doing the stunt work for Witcher. Which shout out to that guy. He's awesome. He's not coming back for season two. Though. That was a bummer when I found, I read that. That sucks. Uh, you said six, right? Six out of ten. I'd say a solid six out of ten. Um, I feel like the show is perilously close to a five for me. Mm. But then again, I'm coming at it with a different context than you guys, but also just my writer's brain uh, when I'm watching this and looking at the structure and, and the lack of setup and, and world building, in my opinion. Like, it, it's very sloppy to me. Uh, I don't feel like the showrunners did the source material justice. Okay. Like, for instance, we're watching this scene right now with uh, it's the Striga episode with the first Witcher. Mm-hmm. Who uh, you know goes hunting for it, and when we first saw it, Jude was like, "Is that a fake Witcher? He doesn't have white hair." Not all Witchers have white hair. Well, yeah, but you wouldn't know that because yeah. they they don't explain anything about what the Witchers are or, or what training they go through or you know anything like that. So, but once I explained it to Jude, like she was like, oh, "Okay, that makes sense." And that's also something that I enjoy doing is like watching something, not getting it, going on the internet, doing a deep dive and researching and yeah. figuring out why, like what's going on and why I didn't get it. So I liked that aspect of it. I'm not saying it was like something that they did on purpose, um, but I, I did that didn't uh, I, I that did, didn't deter yeah. from it. And for I me. did the same thing with Game of Thrones because I wasn't totally up on all the Game of Thrones stuff, and I think I started watching the show once it had already hit like season five or so or four or five and i was like okay well let me catch up with this and that's exactly what i did i went and found a bunch of youtube channels that were specifically about game of thrones got a bunch of backstory and then before the next season came out i was completely caught up and i was ready to roll so it's very possible that if we do this with this show which i've kind of already started um it could it could turn out to be just fine but i i honestly think that this show is at its best when it's focusing on Geralt. henry cavill's performance is fantastic and I really loved his interaction with Jaskier, uh, the, oh, bard. the bard. Dandelion. Uh, Dandelion. Yeah. <laughs> I, I felt like his, the, their kind of interaction oh, was, great. was very yeah. entertaining. Yeah. Uh, every time they were on screen together, the, the show just popped for me. And then every time we moved to the other um, storylines, I, I got bored. It's a buddy Witcher so, show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, very much buddy cop Witcher show. Yeah, it was. A, I like that. <clears throat> yeah, so yeah, a sol- really solid, cool. I, I guess, low end six for me. Okay. What about you, Matt? Five. Okay. Right down the middle, huh? Right down the middle. So pretty good, not great. And and, and, and the one through five are all Henry Cavill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got to say, I really do. I, I enjoyed Yennefer more than most of you guys think, I, I, or I, most of you guys did, I think. And, um, I enjoyed looking at her. I, well, she was great to look at. Yeah, absolutely. But I actually you really liked her hump. story. And I think... <laughs> I think I'm into it. One of the, uh, Show me a lady with a hump. I'm on board. 
One of the one of the favorite things about well, one of my favorite episodes was the one where she was being chased by that assassin with like the cricket thing that was trying to kill her. A giant cockroach. I, that was awesome. <laughs> that whole episode was so cool. She was like Doctor Strange portaling across distances and stuff. I thought that was really cool. Oh, I, I had to think about what you were talking about there for a second, but then you I, remember now? Yeah, it was like the dog-sized roach. Yeah, I think that, that was, was actually. And I I think that episode was like the moment where she realized she didn't she, want to do this. She anymore. gave up. Yeah. something that maybe. Or it was she this that, didn't that, want that to. girl the girl that she was um, bodyguarding. Mm-hmm. She was like, here, take my baby. I don't want yeah. it anymore. Did she you got get how the baby died? It went through her and stabbed the baby. Yeah, it took me a second watch to get that. I thought that the baby like froze to death in the ocean or maybe drowned. No. I, I had to watch threw... it again to get that it was actually killed by the assassin's knife. Yeah, the assassin threw the knife and it went through Yennefer and, and she was holding the baby. I thought that was Yennefer's it. blood on the baby when she first set it down. It was both, I think. A mix of both. But yeah, that was really sad. And I was actually shocked mm-hmm. that they went ahead and mm-hmm. killed an infant. Kill a baby. Like, wow. Well, funny baby enough, that, that assassin and his creature are actually in the beginning of the first Witcher game. Are they? I think that's where they took it from because I don't remember them from the books. Hmm. But uh, uh, basically, if you play the first Witcher game, uh, the the creature is like 10 feet tall in the game and it comes through and that guy's there controlling it, but they like miniaturized him for the... It was a little, I think it was a little scarier having it like dog size. That was pretty freaky. I'd be freaking out if that thing came at me. <laughs> anyway, um, all right. So here's the here's the moment where we pit the Mandalorian versus the Witcher. And Jude, you're excluded from this because you didn't watch the whole Mandalorian show. <laughs> <laughs> Which show is better in your opinion, Mandalorian or Witcher? Matt, Katish. I would definitely give it to Mandalorian. Like I, I, I like both shows, and they both definitely have their their flaws and drawbacks. I just felt like Mandalorian was a much simpler, more straightforward show, and it, it wasn't confusing. It did its world building really well. It did its characters really well. Um, so, yeah, I'd give it to Mando- Mandalorian. Okay. Matt, um, I already know your answer, but go ahead. <laughs> Definitely the Mandalorian yeah? so far, okay. for sure. For all the reasons Matt just said that I'm not going to repeat. Okay. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, I I have to agree for this first season. Uh, Mandalorian, I think, did it better. Although I have some criticisms about that show and I want it to get better. Um, the Witcher, for all the same reasons as you, plus the production value that you mentioned, needs to get, get amped up a little bit. And then they need to... Um, if they're going to do this like weird timeline thing with The Witcher, which seems they're going to do for season two as well, they need to really streamline it and make it easier to understand that that's what they're doing. And I don't, I don't feel like they did it for season one very well. But um, Lauren Hisserson has said that The Witcher season two is aiming for a 2021 release with a much more linear storyline. Oh, yeah, I think dope. everything's caught up. Lauren, what's the, what's Lauren, the source on that? Lauren Hisserich is the showrunner. She's the head writer. Okay, of the show. a much more linear story. Oh, perfect. Thanks, Matt, for bringing that up. Oh. <laughs> what, is it fake? It's Reddit. But, oh, you know. <laughs> Reddit. <laughs> Never mind. Scratch that. Who knows? Who My knows? sources say. Reddit. Okay. Delete. Okay, never mind. <laughs> All right, that's it for the two shows. Thanks for joining us. Uh, let's talk about... Toss a coin to your Mandalorian, I toss, guess. Yes, toss a coin to your Mandalorian. <laughs> that's the title episode. Oh, you're Toss welcome. a coin to your Mandalorian. <laughs> I, love I, it. I liked Alien 3 some <laughs> One boob for all, man. <laughs> all right. Um, top anticipated movies of 2020. Real, real oh, quick. Gosh. It doesn't have to be a specific number, like 10 or 20 or 5 or whatever. Just what movies are you most looking forward to in 2020? Jude, go ahead. I have three I'd like to talk three. about. Three, all right. Okay, I go have my it. least anticipated which is Birds of Prey. Uh, okay. That's all I'm going to say. You're still anticipating it, though? 
Or you're, this is a joke? No, like you don't no, want it's to a joke. It. Okay. It's a joke. I don't give a shit about that movie. Okay. <laughs> it looks terrible. I'm not going to see it. Okay. <laughs> uh, my most anticipated is New Mutants, directed oh. by Josh Boone. Um, it has Maisie Williams, uh, Charlie Heaton, and Anya Taylor-Joy from Split. Uh, I'm excited for that. The, those actors give me a little bit of a lady nerd boner. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, I'm very excited and a bit trepidatious about the remake of Dune. Oh, yes. That's, that's coming out, coming out late 2020. Uh, that's going to be starring uh, Josh Brolin, Javier Bardem, and Jason Momoa. I did not know that. He's Duncan Idaho. Um, fun fact. So Jude's a big fan of the Dune book and she recently just watched the it was uh, rough. David Lynch movie version the for 80, the first time. 80 oh yeah. From the yeah. 80s? From the yeah, 80s. Yeah. Yeah. She'd never seen it before. I tried watching it and I couldn't oh, finish those are, it. I love those movies. I powered <laughs> through I really like and it, at too. the end I was like I've been through some shit. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 but the book is so great. Yeah, Talk I have, about great world building. I, I have the book right? on Audible and I still yeah. haven't been able to finish really? it. I'm so confused. Give it another go. I will. I will. Yeah, like if if you're a fan of the book, the David Lynch version is just an abomination. Oh, yeah, but I, that but piece I, of shit. I'm a David Lynch fan, so like David I, Lynch I is the, freaking crazy. I, I watched that movie in a very <laughs> through a very different lens. That dude's a nutcase. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have any more? Um. Well, you told us to do the the five list. Is that in this or something? Five list of what? Top five. Top five most anticipated of or? whatever. You just said top five of whatever. You said most anticipated movies of 2020 and then a top five of whatever you want to do. Oh, oh no. I meant like top five or top ten. Like pick however many you are anticipating. Oh, okay. Well, so what? then no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> my bad. I did my favorite top my top five favorite sci-fi movies because I'm not a fan of sci-fi. I had to dig deep. Oh, and go ahead. Tell us. Figure out. You can introduce yourself to the fans. What are by, by... five sci-fi movies that I do actually care about? Okay, go ahead. Okay. In no particular order. Uh, Killer Clowns from Outer Space, 1988. Nice. Uh, the Last Starfighter, 1984. Oh, I was right. <laughs> yeah, you, you guess. <laughs> um, they Live, 1988, oh, starring five. Roddy Roddy Piper. High five. Uh, Ice Pirates, 1984. And uh, my number one in this list is Night of, Com- Night of the Comet, 1984. Oh, okay. okay. 80s sci-fi. 80s sci-fi. She made me watch Night of the it. Comet one, one time. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> It's a deal breaker. That's Jude's top five list. <laughs> top five sci-fi. It's top five sci-fi. That she doesn't like sci-fi, so that's her list. That's awesome. That's a cool. That's a pretty Thank good you. list, though. Thank Last you. Starfire. Yeah, if you there. notice, almost all those movies are terrible. <laughs> Last I, I heard that they're going to do a sequel to to the Last Starfighter. I hope they do. Yeah, I'd be down for They've that. They've been working on it for years. Yeah. I love that movie. Unashamed. All right, Matt. What's your most anticipated for 2020? So the first one on my list is Top Gun. I feel the need for speed. Okay. Uh, you know that the trailers for it look a lot of fun, and Tom Cruise is returning without a unibrow this time. Thank God. <laughs> yeah, when we watched the I'm first Top Gun, to my TV. Yeah, when we watched the first <laughs> Top Gun, his unibrow was driving Jude crazy, and I'd never noticed it until she pointed it you out. You never and, noticed his and, unibrow, and then I couldn't unsee it. Oh my God! <laughs> yeah, it was bad. Uh, unibrow is with him for like four solid it movies. Was, yeah. <laughs> Um, Wonder Woman 1984. I, right. I'm definitely uh, on there to see. Um, guilty pleasure wise, Bad Boys for Life. I mm-hmm. uh, want to check out um, the new uh, Christopher Nolan movie Tenant. Looks kind of interesting, although I'm not super hyped for it I, because it's Christopher Nolan. I have to watch it. Uh, the new Ghostbusters movie. 
I'm definitely um, on board for. I'm hoping it's going to be good. And uh, oddly enough, uh, or I shouldn't say oddly enough, Bill and Ted uh, face face the music. Face the music. He's stealing all my answers. Well, you guys are like the same people, so we're I'll, not the same people. I, I will stop now as to not steal Matt Vader's. <laughs> It's Matt, it's Matt Vader's turn. Let him go. When, when, I just, when I tell my wife, hey, I'm going to go have a podcast with Matt or I'm going to go to the movies with Matt, she's like, which one? Which I'm like, one? Yeah. Big Matt. No, which one? <laughs> Matt, Matt with the beard. No, which one? <laughs> the one that wears the hat. No, which one? <laughs> bigger, bigger Matt. <laughs> my plucky sidekick. You've got Salty sidekick. Dude, stop. Salty sidekick. Stop. Stop. You're going to make him upset. He's I'm not just going to like, <laughs> I'm going to make you an embarrassment. T-shirts. <laughs> He's not going to come to the podcast. <laughs> All right, Matt. What's your list for top anticipated movies um, of twenty twenty? Well, funny enough, I'm going to go take care of one of them this weekend. I think because I think nineteen seventeen is coming oh, out. Yeah. Right? Technically, it's a twenty nineteen movie. But oh, is it? Is yeah, because it, it came out the January tenth. They right? had like a limited Why release so that they could do the uh, whole freaking award ceremony. I, I don't know Apparently, why I'm looking forward to that. Other it. than it's just whoa. What is happening on this? Jesus. Okay. <laughs> Matt saw a boob. Uh, oh, boob. Yeah. He lost him. There's the hump. Yeah. yeah. This was one of my favorite parts of the season is when they, they start clapping and he comes. Just so we're, 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 like, I know about we're, watching, we're watching an episode of The Witcher where Jennifer is having sex. Uh, for those of you who want contact <laughs> yes um, <laughs> I'm just watching porn in the background <laughs> what is happening uh, softcore it's, it's, it's tastefully done you know what I almost put a softcore porn on my list <laughs> which was that one day is playmate that the, of the uh, apes playmate of the apes <laughs> is that the Captain Marvel <laughs> um, yeah 1917 I'm gonna yeah, check for sure. this I think I'm gonna go take the wife to that because she wants to see not nerd movies. Let me know when you go because I want to see it too. All right. Um, yeah. Ghostbusters, of course. Bill and Ted. Um, Wonder Woman. You know, all the normal yeah. nerd movies. I like my temple movies. You know, I don't really like the art house. Hoity toity flick. I've been trying tried. to get more it's into them. Like, it's hard, man. I'm not into it. My, my big but, dive into art house movies with The Lighthouse this year or in 2019. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, this is hard Sparks, to watch. Like Sparkly Lighthouse. Yeah. <laughs> so hard to watch. Um, that Batman movie, but it's not coming out this year, right? That's going to be uh, Matt Reeves. The one they're filming like right now. As yeah, we speak. yeah. That's not coming out until 2021. Um, yeah, I mean, the normal ones, the normal nerd movies, the Ghostbusters, the the uh, stuff like that for sure. Right on. I can say I've got a top five of movies that I have no desire to see. <laughs> we'll, get, well, let me do mine first. Okay. Downer. <laughs> um, my list of top anticipated movies of 2020, uh, James Bond, No Time to Die. I want to see how Daniel Craig goes out, hopefully on a high note. Uh, my hopes are high. Um, I love Bond movies, and I, I'm hoping that he can at least match Casino Royale on his on his last movie as Bond. Um, and then, of course, Tenet with uh, Christopher Nolan. I love Christopher Nolan movies. He never disappoints me, and he always makes my brain just do pretzels trying to figure out his movies. So I'm um, really looking forward to that and this whole like time travel thing. I think it'll be really cool that they're doing or time manipulation, it seems like. It's going to be used as a weapon. That's It just seems so cool when I'm saying that out loud. So... 
Excuse me for nerding out. And uh, New Mutants, my list, is the you have that on your list as well. I know it's been kind of like in production hell and it got cut and edited and then Disney bought Fox and then they just dropped it. Now they're mm-hmm. picking Fish it back happening. up again. <laughs> that that movie's like on my list of movies I care, care less if I ever see. see. I think it's going to be cool. It's I, like think, a horror... I think movies that end up on the cutting room floor Deserve are there for a reason. <laughs> And yeah, I don't think it's going to be maybe such a sidekick. Salty sidekick. <laughs> the New Mutants comic book wasn't even that good. It was just just meh. more mutants. I don't know. I like weirder I'm, mutants. Okay, so let me explain that. I'm looking forward to this because they've never done like a horror movie mutants, which would make sense. Like if you take that property and the abilities that these people have and turn it into a horror movie, I think that would really work. So that's what I'm looking forward to. You know to. what, though? This movie you know, is really a, a bastard child because, you know, it was done under Fox. Disney now owns it. Originally, they were just going to shelve it because it had so many, like, reshoots and yeah. edits and production problems. So I'm fully expecting uh, New Mutants to be a complete mess. I'm surprised that they're actually releasing it. Well, I'm going to find out, and I'm going to go with you, and you yeah. guys can stay on. You want to watch a good horror Suck movie. It. <laughs> if you want to watch horror movies, just go watch any of the X-Men movies. That are already out that have been out. Oh, because they were just messes. Because they're all terrible. <laughs> <laughs> there was a couple good ones in there. Really? Um, well, which ones? I don't know. The first one was pretty good. The was first fir- the first one with Ian. He's Mc- so salty was and it, he was has it really a friend. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty good. Hey, I'm yeah. the salty one today. <laughs> <laughs> X2, X-Men United yeah. was pretty good. X3 sucked. Uh, I liked Logan. Logan isn't technically an X-Men movie. That was a freaking awesome movie. That was a good movie. That's in my top five of the All decade. All right. Well, X-Men. suck it then. But that's not an X-Men movie. <laughs> <laughs> it had X-Men in it. Uh, my next one is Godzilla versus King Kong. Please yeah. bring on the monsters. Yeah. I love it. I'll go to that with you too. <laughs> I'm super excited about that. That's going to be awesome. That'll be a group movie. We'll all go okay. to this Yeah. I really love the last one. I know it was kind of goofy and dumb and, and it didn't make any logical sense, but I loved it. Like seeing the monsters on screen with today's CGI and sound effects. Just so- more monsters. Give me more. I just I, hope Brie Larson isn't in this one. Why would she what? be? Oh, she was in Kong Skull Island. Yeah. Well, she'd be, she'd be like 90 years old by now. That was in the 70s. You guys are 90. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, next one is King Man. Uh, offshoot of or prequel of the Kingsmen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that yeah. looks really good. It looks better than the other Kingsmen movies. It looks movies. fun. Yeah, sure. like I, the the first one was good. The second one I didn't see because it, it looked dumb. Uh, but this yeah, one, was this, pretty dumb. this prequel looks actually really good. So looking forward to that. And last but not least, which is actually coming out in the next week or so, The Gentleman um, with the guy, uh, Matthew Guy McConaughey, Guy Ritchie movie. I love Guy Ritchie movies. Mm-hmm. So I'm down for that. Uh, I think it's going to be really cool. And I like Guy Ritchie movies when he's doing like British gangster movies. Well, this, this is what that is. Yeah, I know. Pretty much. Yeah. So Wh- I'm in. Who? Who's in it? Got Matthew McConaughey. And, oh, well, and I, like I got to go guy. see that. That, that, that should be <laughs> and, good. And, yeah. What, what's yeah. his name? That all Roy, actor. all Roy, all Roy. Um, Hugh something. Hugh, Hugh, Hugh Not Roy. Hugh Laurie. Hugh no, the other Grant. Hugh. Hugh Grant. Grant. Yes. Thank, thank you. you. Yes. He's and, in it And uh, Charlie Hunnam. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The blonde guy yeah. that played King Arthur in but, the Guy Ritchie movie recently. But yeah. Matthew McConaughey He's plays an American. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but it's still kind of like that British gangster type. Yeah, it, movie. It, 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 it's and it'll in, still it's, be all right, all right, all right. It's in the vein of uh, Lockstock and Two Smoking yeah, Barrels. Yeah, so. he's going back to his wheelhouse, which thank, I'm thank totally God, down for. Because his other movies, oof. his King and, Arthur movie was terrible. Oh yeah, King Arthur was awful. And I didn't like it. At I all. just want to put on record right now that don't ever expect me to talk about a, the Sonic movie either. Cause I'm, <laughs> Because I'm not going. <laughs> I'm going. The only reason I'm going is because I was 
pleasantly surprised that they actually took the criticism I from know, people and said, "All right, let's I'll, do it. I'll let's do it, it yeah, right." Like, it's like, "Oh, and I'm going to take my we're kid." We're sorry you didn't I, like I'm the graphics in our fan. terrible movie, but we're going to go make the terrible movie with better graphics. It's going to be a, a dumb kids movie with Sonic the Hedgehog. I'm like, "All right, well, I got kids, so let's go check I it out." Maybe they can be getting a double feature with that SpongeBob SpongeBob I'm never, movie that's ever, coming out. My my kids will not even know the existence of SpongeBob. <laughs> I, I miss I seeing Jim Carrey on the big screen, so I'd like to see the Sonic movie. Yeah. So, all right. Well, that's it. Everybody, any closing thoughts? You guys want to do a shout out? Jude, you start. What's your Twitter, Instagram? Shout out to the fans. Uh, you can find me. I am at Jude Juju on the Insta and the Facebook. And you can find me on Twitter at I am the Jew. <laughs> G With J-U. underscores in between, right? Yeah, yeah. It's I underscore am underscore the <laughs> underscore J-U. It's ridiculous. I didn't make it up. My right. friend made it for Matt, me. Matt Kadish, go ahead. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Matthew Kadish, K-A-D-I-S-H. You can also find my books on Amazon if you search my name or if you go to kadishbooks.com. And that's pretty much it. Matt Vader? I'm at Matt Vader 74 on all the social things. So, yeah. All the social things. Yeah. Every I'm out there. You can single. see. You'll find if, if, you, if you get confused, the logo is the same on <laughs> all of them. So it's fine. Whatever. There you go. And of course, you can follow the podcast at Salty Nerd Podcast on Instagram, at Salty Nerd on Twitter. You can hit me up there. And if you feel the need uh, to up our production value a little bit, you can go to patreon.com slash Salty Nerd Podcast and donate however much that you feel is needed or that you can pass along. Uh, that would be much, much appreciated. And if you have, uh, you know, special skin needs, you can check out organicallywonderful.com. Jude, you're an expert in beauty. Um, what did you think of organicallywonderful.com? Yes, what is, you have an actual profession in... I do, and yeah. I have sampled the products as well, and I uh, dug them. I actually finished the last of the lemon scrub the other day in the shower, and awesome. it smelled delicious It's amazing. The day. That's my favorite. <laughs> she did. That's my favorite product, though, all the ones that we make. She, she was positively scrumptious. And Matt yes, kept following me around, like, what are you wearing? <laughs> Get away from me. <laughs> you smell like a Danish. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, if you guys want to support, wonderful for all your your beauty. You want, ladies, if you want to figure out how to get your man to chase you around the house, <laughs> smell like food. <laughs> you guys can go to organicallywonderful.com, type in salty15 to get 15% off of your entire cart. Uh, so if you'd like to support the business, uh, go for that too. And uh, thank you guys all for listening. Welcome to 2020. Let's avoid World War III and uh, have some fun watching some movies, guys. Almost political. Almost. <laughs> <laughs> have a great day. 